I have all the characteristics of a human being. Flesh, blood, skin, hair. But not a single clear, identifiable emotion, except for greed and disgust. Something horrible is happening inside of me, and I don't know why. My nightly bloodlust has overflowed into my days. I feel lethal, on the verge of frenzy. cast casting in your pod 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 cast 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 can you hear me i think we're good yeah yeah i think we're on so this is uh, episode six 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 uh episode six uh of fire in a hole still alive we're still here we're still here we're still doing our thing and uh i don't know if our fans I'm gonna just assume we have fans now. Fans, fans. or one singular no, fan? No, I am. I know at least two people that I know listen to the show. Shit. Uh, and uh, plural, so plural fans. We now have the rights to use plural. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but there's been a couple of changes, uh, a couple of really nice upgrades to uh, Fire in a Hole. Uh, we're not getting fancy or anything yet, but. Uh, my uh, assistant, my assistant. Your assistant. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Sorry, that was a Freudian slip. Uh, I was going to say the minister of technology and uh, and infrastructure, Richard. Mm-hmm. Your uh, co-host. My co-host. I'll accept co-host. Can I be your co-host? Sure. I'm more comfortable with that. All right. Um, so yeah, we we made some purchases, right? Yeah. We, uh, we we did some poking around. We upgraded the equipment a little bit, so you can get the full flavor of our melodious voices. Full flavor. Full flavor. And yeah, I hope it's listenable. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I, it can't be worse than it used than our first episode or just first couple. Yeah, of, I remember back in the day, hud- yeah. huddling around a MacBook Pro. La- a lifetime ago. Internal microphone. Remember, remember Apple. Remember Mac. Remember how popular they were. Yeah. Wow. There were. Uh, that was a whole uh, era that seems like it was yesterday. So now we both have microphones. We each have microphones. This is correct. Yes. There are Individual in fact, microphones. There are, in fact, three microphones. There, there are three microphones at this table right now, and a fourth on the way. A so fourth on the way. We are, we'll very shortly be able to have four people sitting at this table, having a conversation, each with their own mic. In a respectable fashion. I think that that's, a, that's, that's pretty good Well, for a month-old podcast. Jeez, I mean, you know, let's hear it for technology, man. Yeah. Jeez, man. I mean, this kind of setup, you know, not even 20 years ago. Would have cost us a pretty penny. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't so bad at all. Yeah, I mean, we scoured eBay. Yes, dealt with a bunch of Craigslist Kijiji douchebags. Yahoo's. Yeah, you used your gypsy skills. Yes. So to be clear, the gypsy skills. Uh, in case there are any gypsies listening, <laughs> I do not, in fact, have gypsy blood. But uh, actually, I could be wrong about that, <laughs> depending on who you ask in my family. It's true. But uh, gypsy skills. Uh, 
I guess I never even asked you this question clearly. What are gypsy skills, according to you? What is the What are these gypsy skills that I have specifically? You're the one who told me that you had the gypsy skills. I told you this. Yeah, for bartering and finding deals and ah. that, that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. All right. So convincing people of things, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. Cur- curses? Are you? No, I have never tried curses, but um, while I don't believe in that sort of thing, I don't also dismiss them hmm. fully because um, I've had at least one curse put on me from what I know. Seriously? A legitimate curse, yeah. Really? Yeah. When I was, uh, <clears throat> I think I was about three years old, um, I visited Egypt with my mother, uh, being that my father uh, is Egyptian, and we visited the village Uh, where my father's from in the south of Egypt and I got extremely extremely sick uh, from drinking water or milk or one of those things now that's not uncommon in that part of the world um, certainly not um, with all of those they just don't have the standards man they just don't have the standards (laughs) but uh, if you asked my aunts uh, they were convinced that I was actually sick as a result of a curse uh, from someone else, like somebody didn't like us or liked me, or maybe they they were weirded out by the fact that I was a half European, you know, I was like a, a mix or whatever. Okay. I mean, there was a little bit on, of that on both sides of my family. You know, nobody outright said anything, but uh, it had to be weird. I mean, come on, 1970, I was born in 78, right? So 19, end of 70s, communist Europe, and then Egypt, whatever the hell was going on at that time. So the the cursor, yes. the person casting curses on you, yes, was in Hungary or in Egypt? Would have been in Egypt, huh? Right. So someone in Egypt, an Egyptian curse, an Egyptian curse, and yeah. you lived to tell the tale. Well, my aunts uh, and the women in my family, who, as I understand, on the Egyptian side, are kind of the um, the uh, they kind of run the show. Like the men are the men, and they you know they do their thing and. But the women in my family, from what I understand, were pretty prominent. They kind of ran the deal. And they immediately got to work on an anti-curse. But these are not like, you know, you're imagining like an Egyptian village with people in rags and stuff. And no, no, this was a village. And sure, it was a little primitive, maybe a good 10, 15 years behind the rest of the world. But people wore regular clothes, drove cars, you know. And okay, so there was a camel every once in a while in the road. Right. But these weren't like backwards people at all. They These were ostensibly you know uh, contemporary people living their their regular lives but that stuff is still very very much alive in that society so what was the counter curse was it consisted of evil eyes and uh, geez, that kind of stuff? i don't even know i remember tea leaves i remember coffee grounds uh, i'm not even sure how this stuff works but it's fascinating it's super fascinating right hmm. so now this got really dark but the, the point is that <laughs> Apparently, I was cursed at some point, so I certainly know. No, I wouldn't even do that to someone. The, the, the curse someone? Yeah. Isn't that... That's just... You have to be wronged in some, some way. Yeah. But I mean... Like just, a family member killed or something. Yeah. Like the, the guy that did it didn't get the proper time or then like he escaped the law and then you like, may you have forever something, right? Yeah. But even then, it's kind of... This is dark. Uh, I have I have no real world experience with curses. <laughs> no, you know, like the extent of it is like the movie Big, <laughs> something similar oh, to that's that. Right? Was that a or, yeah? It was a curse, a spell? Was, oh no! It was the uh, Zart Zartaz like machine, a, like the wish machine. 
Oh, yeah, like an old carnival machine. Old carnival oh, machine. Right. Or there was a Stephen King movie as well where the guys just started losing weight. Thinner? Thinner. Thinner. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like rude to an old lady on the street. And a, then a gypsy. Like, I curse you. A gypsy, I think. Yeah. yeah. Of course. It's always a gypsy. It's always a gypsy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, what's fascinating about gypsies is um, that having seen them in, in their habitat and now make it sound like you know tigers and lions but having seen gypsies in the functioning world in europe and a little bit everywhere else i've been um i would estimate i always make this comparison the misunderstanding or the i should say the idealization of 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 the roma or the gypsy people in north america is roughly equivalent to the european idealization of native americans okay right yeah so you go to Europe and they're like, ah, yes, the noble Indian. They must still, st- you know, sit on the on the on the hills, roll with their feathers, and the, you know, uh, communing with the animal spirits, dispensing wisdom, yeah, and the totem spirits. And they have like CDs, right? Like my cousin used to have all these ch- uh, native chant CDs. Oh yeah. Um, and then uh, conversely, here, most people's frame of reference is like the Hunchback of Notre Dame or something, right? Where all the gypsies are. They look like Johnny Depp in that movie, right? Right. Or actually, they look like Johnny Depp in real life because <laughs> he's kind of that's that's his, he's like a, like a like a gypsy chic. That's kind of his thing with the fedora and the scarves and the weird rings. It's true. That's how kind of gypsies dress, actually. Okay. Yeah. So, and everyone assumes that they dance around fires and read poems <clears throat> and stuff. Right. But it's obviously not the reality. This is kind of grifters, right? It depends. It depends. Uh, they're, they're still the travelers, mm-hmm. right? They're still the ones that live on the outskirts of town in, in uh, trailers and stuff. Right. And petty crime and, you know, uh, poverty and such. But you've got, you've got now like a, a class of gypsies that have sort of, sort of integrated. Okay. And you'll see them on like uh, the Hungarian equivalent of like uh, American Idol. They dominate, obviously, the, everything that is related to singing and music. Hmm. So, yeah, you can throw whatever stereotypes you want about gypsies, and they may not all be true, but the music thing, I have seen it with my own eyes. Like, it's in their blood. It's, it's ridiculous, right? Like, four-year-old children playing the violin. Um, they all, they, there's just a really strong musical tradition in, in, that, in that culture. Very cool. And, um, Yeah. So it's pretty cool. I don't know how we got this far. Oh, yes, my gypsy skills skills. (laughs) for getting equipment. But, you know, what's interesting about this whole thing is uh, how even today in the 21st century, 2016 soon, um, the magic and belief in magic and the belief in in the supernatural is uh, still hasn't really faded, uh, even from the most developed societies. Um, You know, we still have psychics. We still have astrology. Uh, horoscopes uh, horoscopes are astrology aren't they it's the same thing yeah yeah okay i think so so we have all that stuff the stars numerology numerology reiki reiki yeah. oh yeah well is that not is that like a pseudo thing is it's not legit i think so yeah really yeah i i, I i'm certainly no expert on the subject oh but. it's like a, a energy thing where you like you you don't touch the person but you're like yeah combing like their t- energy patterns or something. something like that you're okay. giving them good energy or taking away the bad and chakras and that kind of stuff okay i don't know I don't some know people believe mean. in it uh, 
it, it seems a little woo-woo for me. Well, you, you used to, if I, you used to do Kung Fu, right? Yeah. So, um, while Kung Fu is an actual martial art with physicality, there is a little bit of that in there, isn't there? Some of that? There's some of it, yeah. And what form does it take? Like, is there actual belief that you can, you know, pull off like super jumps and smash through walls and stuff? No, for the, for the most part, it's, it's like focusing your internal energy. And a lot of that is very similar to, you know, chakras and but it's chi right and it all comes from tansian your your navel area um and then there's others that are a little bit more woo woo you know okay like the it's like like what what's like the like like thing? like dim muck oh shit the right. the death death touch <laughs> death touch <laughs> yeah yeah i studied death touch for a while okay really so yeah, there is an actual dim mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's a there's a there's a real dim mac. Yeah. Wow. I said a dim mac because, of course, dim mac. What the hell is a dim mac? What the hell is right. a dim mac? Bloodsport for those of us, those of you not who are <laughs> lacking culture <laughs> and haven't seen Bloodsport with Van Damme about eight million times, like I yeah. have. Go out and see that right now. So was that complete bullshit, or was there something to it? I think it was kind of bullshit. I mean, you hear all the stories. Right about the masters who are able to disable people with a single finger and all you know, but it's is that a lot of that is malarkey? Well, it's it's the kind of thing that it, they they can't prove in any way. It's all just stories. But okay. if you say like, okay, well, show me something right now, it's like, oh no, I can't do that. It'll it'll kill you, or it'll oh. paralyze you, or uh, I guess I can't show you something practical right now because it takes 70 years to to master oh. kind of thing so okay. it's it sounds a lot like those those um what's his name uh james Rody, the, the the famous debunker yeah 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 whenever he cornered some of these psychic types and they always had some sort of uh story about like oh the conditions are not right or ah uh, the saturn is not in its whatever phase Right. Or and of course, when they have they have nothing else, then they go for the um, well. It's because you you doubt and your negativity is blocking <laughs> yeah, exactly the energy. You don't believe, but it's astonishing to see just how many people, even even I think people like myself and you, who are completely rational. Uh, I think I hope so, aren't completely immune to a little bit of wanting a little bit of magic sometimes. For sure. And this is me as a much younger man. Like I started when I was thirteen. So thirteen, okay. So how yeah. did you, how did you come about it? Just kung fu films? Like what what uh, inspired you? My my best friend at at the time, his dad was a was a teacher. So or sifu is that what they're called? Sifu, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll tell you in a second why I know this because now I sound really knowledgeable, but. There's a rational explanation. <laughs> Go for it, man. That was the end of the story. <laughs> was that the end of the story? Well, that's how I got into it. Okay, but yeah. but and then why? I did it for like just because he was doing it, or it just it seemed it seemed really interesting. It seemed uh, you know like I wanted to be able to defend myself, and it was a good opportunity to do do something. Was do that it, a... you know as far as doing an activity like that seemed sure. pretty cool. Well, and I did I did get a lot out of it. Mm -hmm. um, I mean it. Does a lot for your strength, endurance, balance, uh, all, all that kind of stuff. But how how much actual martial ability it gave me, uh, I'm not sure. Maybe maybe some like uh, more like body awareness, like knowing my limitations a bit more. Uh, it 
you know, boost your confidence a little bit. You don't have a lot of the ego nonsense about, you know, trying to go out and prove yourself to, and fight. Like, you get a chance to kind of get out your aggressions in class. And so for a young, young pubescent boy, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good pursuit. It makes sense. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, good, it's good for the body. It's good for the mind. It's good yeah. for the ego, I would say. Okay. Yeah, so. You know what my next question is going to be. What's that? Did it ever, did you ever kick in the ass? No, not really. Not no. really? That's, no. that's, not, that's not a solid no. <laughs> <laughs> I got into a couple of scuffles here and there, but uh, nothing nothing major. I didn't, okay. I didn't break anyone's arms or But it, did it actually come in handy? I think it did. Yeah, yeah it did. Like you but just was, knew how to position yourself? Or? Knew how to position myself. Uh, I'd, I'd taken a punch before. Like I, I wasn't like as nervous as maybe some other people might might be, and, right? You know, so I was I was comfortable in that in that position. Yeah, yeah the the little martial arts that I've I've studied that that that's often one of the things that um, it unblocks maybe if you have a good teacher, mm-hmm. is you start to look at these flight or flight response scenarios, and then you learn a lot about yourself even if you never get into a fight again. Yeah, uh, you learn a lot about yourself in the. For sure, and and I, I th- more than it helped me in fights, I think it helped me to avoid fights. Right. Because I didn't just get into fights for no reason. Right. You know, because of some stupid ego thing, I didn't have anything to prove. Okay. Because I did all my proving in class. You mean like study wise? Like, like physical proving, you know. Like as a young man, oftentimes it's <clears> like <throat> you don't know what you can do. You feel like you need to 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 prove yourself in some in some way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's a reason why I think a lot of young men get into into fights that are completely useless. There's no yeah. there's no point whatsoever. Well, you're also horny as shit. Well, there's a lot of things going on. Right. A, lot of, a lot of hormonal horny, fluctuations. That's for you're sure. You're horny. Your body's changing. You're, you're yeah. basically you, you go through a little insanity period, right? Uh, one study I read was that um, that's that's recent. Is that your brain actually the, the white matter? So okay. not the gray matter, but the white matter stabilizes at that age. Okay. Um, and it's the absolute, it's a, it's the absolute worst time in your life from a from a danger perspective because you are at your lowest, you are at your highest in terms of curiosity and daring and and gusto, right? Like you've got guts, you've got curiosity, un- insatiable hunger for new information, but your judgment centers in your brain are piss poor like they're not shaped at all hmm. so it's the absolute worst scenario right hmm. your judgment ability is you know and then we get russian car surfing and we get uh jackass and we get all the darwin awards stuff we see on youtube with people lighting themselves on fire yeah i think it's natural for people to want to test their limits and that's kind of the time to do it right right apparently toxoplasmosis is, is a huge thing too Remind me, toxoplasmosis. Toxoplasmosis. You would have seen it in train spotting. Uh huh. Remember train spotting? Yes. And there was the the character who never did drugs. Okay. And then he started doing. Oh no! He broke up with his girlfriend and got oh, her a ca- got her a cat. Never... Right, right, right. And then started doing drugs, and the the girl wouldn't take take him back, and the cat was just shitting all over the the apartment. Oh, that, right. And you get uh, toxoplasmosis from cat shit, uh-huh. and he ends up, I think, dying from that in 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 the uh, in the movie. Right. But that's a thing. It's like a, I don't remember if it's like a fungus or it's a something. 
that yeah. you get from from uh, from catch it honey when I get home we're bringing the cat to the SPCA <laughs> sorry there's some, there's sorry a, misfit <laughs> there's a there's a huge part of the population uh, that's that has has this in huh? the in the brain oh lovely and, and a, apparently it changes your behavior it makes you less uh, it makes you a little wilder like it it, it breaks down any uh, what's it called like, like any of your inhibitions okay like your judgment to not do things okay like it takes that away so so people who have toxoplasmosis a lot like a lot of them are a lot of people are in jail like a large percentage of people really? who are in jail have toxoplasmosis I've because never heard of this, this they make so cool. bad judgments I mean cool but you know, horrific it's weird it's a it's a it's a mind altering Virus. yeah and it, it's it actually works on on mice okay so if a, a mouse is infected with toxoplasmosis it gets I think sexually aroused by the smell of cat urine so rather it overrides the mouse's uh, fear of cats <laughs> and they seek out cat urine and end up getting killed what the fuck? <laughs> That's and deep, and man. eaten by the cat, and then the cat has toxoplasmosis, which then uh, I don't know some, something. There's some cyclical nature okay. to I it. I need to know if this shit can be cured. Literally, this shit. Can <laughs> be cured. I don't think it can. Really? And there's huge. I think uh, I heard something like in France, like eighty percent of people have it or something. Why don't people? <laughs> why are we not getting rid of cats? What the fuck? I don't know. But you know that that guy who who jacked up the the price of that drug? Yeah. I'm not even. I'm not gonna look up his name because he should be forgotten. Whatever that that guy, the one that the internet got into an uproar, like yeah. eight thousand percent or something increase. So what was it? Yeah, four thousand to five thousand. Uh, he went from thirteen dollars and fifty cents a tablet for an anti anti infection drug that's commonly used for AIDS patients in the third world. So and toxoplasmosis. And toxoplasmosis. Yeah, it's not just an AIDS drug. It was uh, all the headlines say AIDS drug because that makes yes, for a better headline. Sure. But when he was talking about it, he was saying it was for treating toxoplasmosis. Okay. So it can be treated but not eliminated. Apparently. But I don't think there I don't okay. think there's a cure. And he was and that was one of his justifications. Was saying like it doesn't work that well. Okay. To it's because it's an old older drug and they've been they essentially haven't revisited how to treat toxoplasmosis for the past i don't know how many years 50 Jesus. 80 years something like that so he was trying to justify the increase in price by saying that they would then be able to afford to do some research in order to improve its uh yeah i don't know man that's pretty fucking thin <laughs> yeah and I, four thousand percent like you know kiss my ass yeah i'm not i'm not defending the guy but I'm that was his line is what, yeah that was okay. his line yeah. right okay well be that as it may um Toxoplasmosis. Uh, how, how did we get the, this? I don't know. We were talking about magic. So just like a public service. Uh, public service announcement. announcement. So well, wash your hands if you're emptying out your kitty litter. Yeah. Empty out your cat right now on on the pavement. No, don't do that. I think that's one of the reasons why they advise against having uh, pregnant ladies. Yes. Emptying the the kitty litter. Yes, that which we totally observed in my in my family. Right. Right. But I think I think that's the reason. Now I'm just thinking. Or one of. Anyway. I'm just thinking, why is it that even in our house? Why do we even have a cat? Um, and if you saw my cat, <laughs> if in fact you may have seen my cat, I have seen your cat. Um, my 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 girlfriend was saying the other day that she was like really pissed off because the cat 
had done something. I don't know. Probably pooped. Um, and she has a deficiency in her brain, maybe from toxoplasmosis. Uh, Misfit does. Yeah, since <laughs> since I found her in a in a shelter like years ago, um, she has that weird deficiency where she doesn't bury her business. Oh, okay. But she does the motions. It's really fascinating. She just like claws the air, or will like go like put on a little concert with the side of the litter box, like for like ten minutes, or just claw the air. So she's some part of her brain is aware that she's supposed to do this clawing motion. Yeah. But it's somehow disassociated from the idea that she needs to cover up her her deal, right? Her whatever she she, she just misses every time. Every time. So every time she gifts <clears throat> gifts us with. Uh, you know, every time she does her thing, it's awful. Like, one of us has to run to the litter box and, you know, uh, bury it. I've never had a cat before, so there's a big difference if they don't, if oh, they yeah. don't bury, I guess. Yeah, okay. yeah. We yeah. even have a special litter box that looks like, uh, <clears throat> it looks like um, um, the Skywalker Ranch house, the igloo. Okay, it's got a top on it. Yeah, it lit, no, but it, it's shaped uh, like the exact, like the Tatooine farmer's house. It's got that igloo entrance, yeah, and um, the cat can barely get into it now because she's so fat from neglect. And um, I just feel horrible right now just talking about this. But essentially, the cat does nothing all day, and I'm not even sure why we have cats. Why? What do cats normally do? I guess they run around the house and chase ghosts or whatever it is they do with their tail, or they bring you back a bird every once in a while, you know, if you let them outside. Hmm. But there's no real interactivity. I mean, there's the crazy cat lady people, uh, or there's there, there, you know, there there's a possibility to interact with a cat. I'm not saying that, but as a creature, it's far less. It tends to be far less interactive than say a dog that needs like this constant upkeep. I mean, they wash oh, themselves yeah. and they, um, you know, they they kind of mind their own business and they sleep a lot. So. Yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But after a while, you just basically end up keeping the cat because you've had it for the last 15 years or whatever. I might have got one if I wasn't deathly allergic to them. Right. So your your deathly allergies are saving you from another potential crazy parasite thing. Deathly is probably an exaggeration. Okay. Well, certainly I've seen you affected by it, and it's it's not fun. Ah, itchy eyes. and It sucks. Sneezing and whatnot. Okay. But my but, heart doesn't stop or anything. Thank God. Yeah. No, and, and some people... No, allergies, like, that's a whole other thing that, that freaks me out. Like, um, you know, how back in the day, there was that one little girl in the school that everyone knew about. That You, you know, if she came anywhere near, like, peanut butter cookies or whatever, then it was uh, the whole school stopped and then emergency and they carried her out or whatever. And now it seems that in the last 20 or 30 years, uh, everyone's got allergies. Everyone. Yeah, everyone, everyone. more and more common. Um, dust allergies, uh, air allergies. You hear people are like some people I know. Their kids are allergic to fruits. How messed up is that? I'm allergic to fruit. You're allergic to fruit. Yeah, that's messed up. Well, not not like deathly allergic to fruit, but okay. So what what are the what happens? Like I'm I'm deathly allergic to a couple of nuts, and because okay. the fruits are in the same family, like it, huh. it like I can't. I can eat them, but like I'll get like super itchy mouth. Like it's not, it's really just not, not worth pleasant. it. No. Yeah, n- nuts are like a like a common one, right? That's a pretty, yeah. pretty old one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, this was all about the, the, my whole point of this was to essentially talk about this idea of um, of magic, right? Of wanting to believe in things mm-hmm. that are improbable, even if they, 
even if they are been proven by science not to be or uh, there I don't know if it's if it's still the supernatural that we want some part of our brains wants to believe in or or magic or the improbable or if it's maybe now films right like I've often told you about this theory mm-hmm. that I've de- that I'm sure more brilliant people have developed it in more detail but it's been bouncing around in my head for some time now because I largely grew up on films as most of us did in our generation absolutely and maybe myself a little bit more than others because um, I grew up in a single parent home my mom was absolutely amazing but she had to work right so that left me by myself uh, here and there and so yeah I knew how to make friends but you know that wasn't always a possibility or whatever so I just ended up watching a, a shit ton of films and you know like I love them too right hmm. and I've told you before I have this idea how I think that uh this generation or these couple of generations that have were really, really impacted by, by film, not just television, right? Because television is even before that, but really films. And then home video, I think, which made a huge, huge impact on our society that we don't, we don't really, I don't think we haven't studied it or thought about it that much. Followed by the DVD era, which had, again, another effect, which uh, maybe we can talk about. But it, it's, it seems as though it's had sort of this blanket effect on people in North America or wherever, whoever, the movie-watching people, that now our belief in the supernatural and the improbable and a little bit of that magic may come from us desiring the narrative of films or trying to live our lives a little bit according to these narratives that we, we see. So religion is no longer there to provide us with that narrative, right? Hmm. It's, no, it's, it's not there. It's, it's been broken or it's been disproven or just people are not all on board anymore and even those that are are sort of in the back they're kind of doubting the actual supernatural elements of it and it's becoming more faith and spirituality and things like that but I think that film has kind of become a religion in the sense that it's it's become I think we really are looking at today a society that wants to play it out play out their lives like films or they want film moments Right, we were all kind of taught that these moments would happen to us at some point. Yeah, I mean, maybe not even on purpose, but after seeing X amount of movies about the little guy from the small town that goes into the big city, you know, that was the eighties, right? Right. The common man, the common man, always the common man. Mm-hmm. It was either a common man sad story where, like, the realities of the working class and dealing with that and family drama. Or it was the quintessential fantasy of the, you know, big. You mentioned big before. Right. That was it, right? Um, being transformed into an adult and going into the big city. And then making lots of money and becoming a, becoming a sensation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Secret of My Success. Like, even Wall Street, that was like a dark film, but was again about a guy from a small town going into the big city, making the big bucks, and then the evil corruption setting in and it was a cautionary tale right Mm -hmm. so i don't know i think maybe a few generations a few decades of that have maybe uh, imprinted on us uh we think that that's how you know we talked about how sometimes we feel disappointed yeah there's this whole disappointment when things don't go down in a film fashion exactly like revenge of the nerds kind of style yeah (laughs) i mean look when when you told me about kung fu what was the first thing that i asked you immediately i was like okay 
so was there like a fight? Yeah, <laughs> a big boss fight. Right? Cause now yeah, I took down the bully of the school. <laughs> there you go. Immediately yeah. I wanted to... With one finger. He's and... dead now, but <laughs> my, my thoughts and prayers go to his family. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got to take the, the, the cute girl to the prom. Or That's it. Right? Oh, you just you shouldn't have taken my lunch money. Again. You know? Yeah. Brought it out himself. So I don't know. Uh, do you think there's something to this theory? Do you think there's something to this idea that we're kind of trying to I live movie so. lives yeah i think so well, i think people are just trying to assign some kind of meaning to their lives in general so if if movie storylines and archetypes can provide some kind of uh, template for that then i think it's it's a pretty it's a pretty good fit yeah you know? yeah and i think maybe social media has even exacerbated that that need right because now you have more control over your image than ever yeah. because there's this public image that you have online. Mm -hmm. And then this goes back to our conversations about people who seem to be extremely good at pruning, curating their content, yeah. Yeah. their PR message. Yeah. yeah. When, when it's travel season, they've got all the travel, travel pictures locked in. Yeah. When it's winter season, they've got all the ski snowboard pictures, cocoa with the turtleneck pictures in there. Uh -huh. Um, the highlight reel. The highlight reel, yeah. Yeah. And I remember before even social media, there were guys and girls like this. You'd go to house parties, right? Because house parties were a thing in my day. Mm. You know, now I guess maybe they they happen, but people like are on their phones and shit, or end up on YouTube showing each other funny videos in the kitchen. Like this is a, a thing <laughs> now at parties. But it's in true. my day, it was house parties, and then people would sometimes there would be sometimes these people that would break out their photo albums. And then sit there and show people their photo albums. And so there was already a little bit of that. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That was a thing. Like, check, oh, this is our trip to Malaysia. And look how people much fun we People would, like, had. force all their friends to watch slideshow presentations oh, of, yeah. like, their trip. Or a wedding. Yeah. Right? It was, was, was a little bit before my time. But the slideshow is definitely the slideshow, but like yeah, uh, slideshow, like the slide projector, the carousel, <laughs> the carousel. No, <laughs> we were the the disposable camera generation, right? Like where yeah, we could Polaroids. get developed within moments, and that was the big breakthrough of its time. But yeah, you'd have people who, uh, you know, speaking of of fantasies, like what are weddings if not a complete fabrication, and a and an obsession for people to play out this Disney fantasy thing. It's true. Right? Yeah. Of course, I'm not talking about Joey and Rebecca who decide to have a quick getaway and, you know, swear at the city hall and they're really in love and they did it for fun or go mm -hmm. to Vegas. But there's a whole delusional um, rom-com thing to weddings, isn't there? Yeah, I was I was reading something recently where somebody was saying like, you know, you, in order to have a wedding, you don't have to wear like the Disney princess dress. And I, I realized like, yeah, like almost every wedding I've ever been to, it's like the the strapless Disney princess dress. Taylor's oldest time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's complete I, horseshit. It's something that uh, I think a lot of people dream, particularly ladies, uh, dream about when they're young. You know. One day, my handsome prince and mm -hmm. all that. Kind it's of stuff. drilled into women, right? I think so. By their own moms often. Yeah. Like you're possibly. my little princess, right? If you're at all pretty as a girl, you get the whole princess stuff. Um, in fact, I was talking to a lady today who was complaining that she's trying to get a, a Halloween costume for her daughter, who's like three. 
and it's all these princess pseudo beginning to be whorish costumes you know yeah they get them started on the short skirts pretty young yeah sexy yeah. cat sexy this sexy other thing yeah, everything's sexy yeah and like even sexy the adults nurse, sexy nun sexy frog <laughs> <laughs> but i told her like even in the adult level like if you go into the costume shops right now it's the same bullshit like you look at on the left it's fireman and policeman and whatever man yeah and then you turn around and it's the crop cropped sexy slit skirt version it's basically the 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 prostitute version or the stripper version of that same outfit yeah those those costumes sell pretty well and that it, it itself is a whole amazing topic like just how inappropriate those fucking things are and there's no mm. one curating that stuff yeah. and in 2016 2015 uh 2018 2020 i guarantee you will still be able to walk into your standard pop-up costume shop and find a drunk mexican costume like all oh, in one yeah you've seen those yeah and they're in the in the drugstore <laughs> next to like transformers and spider-man there'll be a drunk not just mexican it's a mexican outfit with a poncho and a sombrero and a mustache of course <laughs> and this sort of harness to hold two fake tequila bottles jesus and it's incredibly offensive i'm it's not even so mexican, racist d- despite you know despite appearances honorary I'm, mexican honorary mexican but i'm just like how is this shit still possible yeah that's insane right i was at a, a company as well we had uh, it was like cinco de mayo or some of, one of these things and they're giving away like fake mustaches and okay like, let's all be mexican hats. yeah exactly <laughs> Like this, this is kind of racist. <laughs> you know, like actually, I went. There was like, guys, it's kind of racist. Don't yeah. No, are we? Are we doing this? This what? is this is a thing. We're still really. <laughs> it's it's hard with guys, Mex- anyone with Mexican <laughs> with with Mexican stuff. It's a little bit hard though because Mexican restaurants, even when run by Mexicans, it's true. They they kind of play up the stereotype, right? Yeah. They'll do the, the mariachis, wrestling masks. the wrestling masks. Yeah. If it's your birthday, they come out and they put little sombreros and mustaches and everyone. Yeah. So they don't mind parodying their own their own culture, right? So yeah. it's, I guess maybe that's where these costumes come from. But like the tequila bottles is kind of where I'm like, hello, hang on a second. Mm. And, and, and if pe- you're parodying yourself, I mean, that's, that's okay. I think I feel like that's somehow better. But yeah. You know. Although inappropriate costumes are now becoming like a like trend, right? Is it? Yeah, like since OJ, since the OJ uh, trials. Oh yeah. When OJ uh, was in trouble. Yeah. Uh, the, that year, the most popular costume, the one they could not make enough of, was a bloody fake football shirt with the mask and the knife. Oh god. And then once that passed the test, uh. right? Once that once the sellers of that junk did not get shut down immediately. Mm. Uh, it now became a thing. the floodgates opened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah now you got like I literally saw a costume with a priest costume with a dummy kid sewn into the front of it to make it look like the kid is going down on the priest. Like this was a Halloween, oh. Halloween costume. I have seen that. You've seen it, right? The picture yeah. and, the, and they're, they're high fiving each other and laughing, <sighs> and they think the guy behind them is dressed like Osama bin Laden, and then 
It was one of those parties. <laughs> Hitler was probably in the bathroom at the time, right? Hitler and Mussolini and Stalin were probably playing cards. And, and you were saying there was no good parties anymore. And I was saying... <laughs> well, I don't know, man. But I guess what I'm saying is that um, it's just become ridiculous. And uh, I think to come back to the wedding situation we were talking about, that there is definitely this delusion that we we know it's an illusion. We know it's a delusion. We know it's fantasy, but it seems like we want to impose it over our lives mm-hmm. to give it some kind of structure, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Like, even I feel happy sometimes when things come out in a movie-like fashion. You do know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Has that ever happened Yeah, to you, you go through some hardships, and then you really got to buckle down, and then it's the highlight reel of like working hard like the montage I need a hero yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like the, uh, this idea of whenever you get down on yourself and then you're like okay i'm gonna pick up the pieces now and i'm gonna yeah. train and i'm gonna go into that job interview tomorrow morning and show them my sass and my like a rocky montage yeah. like workout montage starts. It, could, it could probably be, tra- be traced back to rocky rocky is probably one of the most defining movies of our time mm-hmm. for that it created pretty much that formula, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, the, you get kicked and kicked again. Just, I just want to be left alone. And, and then uh, given no choice, you know, you climb out of the muck. Yeah. And everyone loves you at the Why end. Why do we fall? Why do we fall? <laughs> but I, I see it all the time. I see it all the time the way that I've even seen disappointment in people's faces when something didn't play out movie-wise. Like, uh, I'll, I'll tell a story to someone. I'm like, yes, I go into the store. Uh, okay, I'll tell you a story right now, right? That sounds like it should be a cinematic, but it doesn't go anywhere. Okay. So I went to vote Monday like everyone else. Um, and by the way, you should see the hilarious tweets about about uh, our new prime minister. It's all looks related. <laughs> it's awesome. People can't get over how good looking he is. And, <laughs> like from Africa and other people. They're like, oh, really? Their immigration is going like already. The numbers are going up. Single women are like running to Canada because they've seen the picture of a topless Justin Trudeau. <laughs> this, is, this is happening as we speak. Wow. Right, so I go into vote on Monday and then the voting station is like, you know, there's a few lines because you get paired by different districts and addresses. <clears throat> and I go in with my voting card, and it was really quiet for some reason. Everyone was really quiet. And I decide, you know, I'm just going to, I like to joke around. So I just said to the girl, um, yeah, I'm here for the, uh, I'm here for the um, American Idol tryout. This is the American Idol thing, line, right? And then everyone just cra- <laughs> cracked up, right? But I got in trouble. Because all the people waiting to vote like had a, had a chuckle and had a good laugh, but all the people in behind the voting voting uh, stations got like really upset because you know there's like a there's like a ceremony, there's like a, a, a solemnness to voting, like they they have to keep an eye on the procedure and please return the ballot to me with the exact fold that I gave it to you in, and there's a little bit of this like analness mm-hmm. to the whole thing. I'm guessing it comes with the the fact that it's so important and yeah. i don't even mind that it's there mm-hmm. but they were kind of giving me stinky looks after like really, you know. <clears throat> how would that prevent them from doing their job though at all well like just that was causing a disruption you know and then it should be kind of a library thing where everyone just comes down and stays <laughs> really? really quiet and they, they'll kick your ass out if you start like talking loud eh? or are you on your phone or you're being a disruption they'll kick your ass out of a voting booth like you can how come does that back. prevent you from being able to check a box Next to someone's name. 
I have no idea. I, I just think it's part of the game. Like, it's just like, why can't we talk in the library? Okay, that makes sense. Here, yeah. I think they've just decided that it's kind of a serious thing. And so you shouldn't be, like, chatting and laughing with your friends while, while waiting to vote. Weird. Right. At least where I was. You know, maybe yeah. other places there's a gymnasium and people are fucking around. But I've heard stories of just people trying to act up in line because they weren't happy about the political choices or they wanted everyone to know what they were doing and they were just like they were bounced that you can't do i mean you can't influence other people's vote right i don't think you can't be like even if you're from outside the country right (laughs) like we saw in john oliver yeah especially (laughs) i love you john oliver i just want you to know that yeah John Love was the best. <laughs> that was a great clip. That was great. <laughs> what was it? He was like, he knows that there's technically a law prohibiting him from telling people not to vote for Stephen Harper, but he's yeah. like, here's the fine. Fuck. And he's just throwing the cash at the exactly. at the camera, and he's like, come and get me. It's five $5,000 or six months in jail or both. Right. For people who don't live, who don't reside in Canada, are not allowed to... S- give their opinion or to try to sway people to vote one way or the other right. very strange yeah i mean <laughs> this, this is dude there's still laws about not crossing the street with geese on certain days right like that haven't mm-hmm. been ab- abolished that left over from the old days i think someplace in the states i heard it was like illegal to gamble by putting squirrels in your pants or something yeah well it should be <laughs> like okay i mean yeah. poor squirrel <laughs> i just I, I can't imagine a situation that would necessitate that kind of it has to have ha- every single rule that I see that is a bit weird. You know that it something went down. Yeah. When oh, definitely. You don't want it specific. Yeah. <laughs> like, please get that squirrel out of your pants. Please do not eat. Like you see that, like on a on a can of beer. You know, like please do not eat the can. You yeah. have a little chuckle, but then you stop and you're like, somebody fucking tried to eat a can. <laughs> somebody ate a can and there was a lawsuit and they lost yeah or they was it was really bad was pr they got they almost died and now they need to put this thing they have to just spend the money to put please don't eat the can on the fucking thing like on uh, fucking sharpies it says like please do not swallow cap please do not swallow cap uh, yeah that's that super was... specific again <laughs> yeah. that went down right totally i think it was uh uh what's his name that brilliant comedian of, of the heyday, he passed away now. He was the politi- original political uh, curmudgeon old guy. And his name is really obvious, but it's not coming to me now. Ponytail, beard, old guy, talked a lot about politics. Uh, oh, sure. he, he, he talked about like uh, how Americans love to, to bomb brown people. Uh, that, that's a thing. That's a tradition. <laughs> Uh, he, he said this really incendiary stuff during the 70s and 80s. He's got a bunch of shows and his name doesn't... He was in... Uh, um, um, he was in uh, Bill, Bill and Ted. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Ruf, Rufus? Yeah, or? yeah. what's his name? I don't know. Why is his name not coming to me? It's so can, obvious. I can look it up. I feel like such an idiot right now. It's so obvious and it doesn't. it's not occurring to me. Please look it up so I can move on from this embarrassing moment. I want to say Carson Daly, but obviously it's not not fucking (laughs) Carson Carson Daly. Daly. Um, It's not Johnny Carson. It's uh, George Carlin. George Carlin. Jesus Christ. The brain is. He does have a ponytail and he does have a beard. Yes. So George Carlin did this. Confirmed by Google. Thank you, Google. Thank you, Google, for helping my beleaguered brain. (laughs) Um, 
he had a really good bit about that, about this idea of, uh, he, he was always ranting about the fact that we're, as a society, allowing the stupid to survive more and more by putting fail-safes everywhere. Hmm. And that we think that that's being humane and that's being, you know, uh, progressive and utopian, but that in fact we were sending our whole species into the toilet by simply not, by not blocking we should just remove all of these things that kill dumb people <laughs> is the joke. <laughs> and just let like evolution take its course. Yeah. He's yeah. like, take like, the warnings off toys. Uh-huh. That's step one. Take up. If the kid is too stupid to not swallow the fucking plastic bag, then it's really sad, but you know, we don't need you <laughs> for the good of the species, for the good of the species. We need to take off. Like, do you need that sign? on the electric fence when it's like it's like resonating in your face you can see the electricity crackling on the fucking top of the fence do you Mm. really need that yellow triangle there with the lightning bolt to tell you that it's a bad idea to maybe climb this fucking thing (laughs) and you laugh but some part of you is like "Eh, yeah yeah we've removed the the natural process the natural selection process yeah this comes back to your kung fu thing the age of 13 right the reason it probably felt so good for you at that time is because there uh, we used to when we were a tribal society this was for men especially was uh there were these rites of passage right there were these Mm -hmm. tests like of course some of them were absolutely brutal and unnecessary you know like fire ants the glove of fire ants right (laughs) or like uh some native tribes the the young men the young warriors they played like the old version of lacrosse and from what i understand it was basically yeah you had your little stick with the net on one hand but you had your tomahawk in the other one and they literally like fought and brained each other for supremacy and that's how they worked out their mm-hmm. issues and also that's how you proved yourself a man at that stage of your life right or you get dropped in the middle of the forest with no nothing yeah and figure and, it out yeah figure it right? out if you make it back then you're a man now yeah if you die then you die a child exactly yeah so you start to think about this and you you, th- you think that it seems like our, our human problems and maybe again maybe i'm doing exactly what i mentioned and applying like a, a film a film structure to this whole thing but maybe this is some sort of a, a struggle our race maybe our whole history our whole struggle as a race is to figure out when to favor survival and, and, and evolution and when to stop things with our science and our technology because they're hurtful, right? So we use it to block diseases that would otherwise have naturally swept and thinned the herd. Mm-hmm. Now we have a population problem. But certainly... No natural predators. No, no natural predators. Because uh, that's the thing, is that life is supposed, supposed to be hard. Right. And, and people who don't make it through... The, the the struggles are the ones who don't who who don't make it and then the the rest of the group is is stronger f- for it for it right so the people who have the genes that allowed them or the the means to allow them to overcome it's their progeny that will you know propagate yeah 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 it's tough i mean the easier life be the easier life is then the more difficult that is I'm sorry, I'm making a lot of noise, but I need another beer. <laughs> like the easier life is, the, yeah. the more of those barriers we're, we're removing, I guess? Yeah. And yeah. then that, that opens up a, a, 
Fire in the hole. Fire in the hole. Fire in the hole. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think we could probably do a whole podcast just on that subject yeah, if we, we if we wanted to. Is yeah. you know, what what kind of things happen to a society once all the difficult stuff gets removed? Well, you know, there's a definite uh, impulse. There's a definite impulse on my on I think almost anyone's side when that discussion comes up to get a little racial purity. About it and be like, you know, yeah, we're we're saving the dumb and the weak, and that's no good for us. And we should definitely, as a race, like become. But then that very quickly turns like slips into a dark place. That conversation. Oh yeah, right, yeah, for sure. And it's also been the justification of some of the atrocities in our in our history, right? True. People who've taken that conversation too far. Mm-hmm. I the reason what that stops me of, you know, aside from the fact that I'm not insane to go down that path is that I'm fairly certain that I would not make the cut if we kept the creme de la creme. <laughs> I'm fairly certain I'm not one of the genetically supreme that would be chosen to, you know, propagate the uh, the future, right? I'm not sure there are many of us left that are part of that elite. You see one every once in a while on the street. You see a guy that's like six, seven, perfectly proportioned. By what he's wearing, you can tell he's probably an athlete. But then you talk to him, you find out he's an engineer. And yeah. it seems like there's no, there's next to nothing wrong with him genetically. I don't know if the bar is that high. I mean, I'm just... Do you have to be perfect in order to be able to make it through? Like, again, I'm we're doing... We're a pretty adaptable species. I'm doing movie stuff again. Yeah. But I've definitely walked by somebody on the street and said, you know, you wouldn't have made the cut. <laughs> <laughs> What's the area you live in, man? <laughs> oh, God, that was wrong. But no, but it's, it's true. That sometimes you see some people and you're like, Jesus, okay, you got, you got the, the short end of the stick. Yeah, like if we were hunters and gatherers and whatnot. Like. Yeah. And in, in a less sophisticated time, it's completely, completely feasible and understandable why anyone with a half a brain would have felt that it was their right to take or to dominate someone like that. That mm-hmm. was not, you know, just in the pure animalistic, you know, right. level. I look at my children and the way they behave. The younger one is always trying to supplant the older one. The older one is wants his supremacy as the older, the bigger one. Um, but at the same time, the little one's got more gusto. Mm-hmm. So the little guy ends up dominating the bigger guy sometimes, you know? Right. It's super fascinating. Just how little brothers adapt to older brothers. Right. <laughs> they have to they have to be different. They gotta be okay, you're bigger, but I'm faster and right. spunkier. <laughs> yeah. And I, I wonder how much of that is actually, you know, conscious and how much of it is just pure animal instinct and, and behavior. Apparently that's a thing. Like just differentiation be- between kids. Like every I think it was God said on the Rogan that was talking about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could be mistaken about that, though. Whereas each child, in order to get maximum attention from their parents, differentiates themselves from the other, uh, like from their brothers and sisters. So the, the, the firstborn has the easiest time because they can kind of choose the position that they want to be in. But then second, third, fourth, they all have to kind of find their differentiator in order to be like the what something one you know to not like, be the exact same as the last one right okay. so like I'm the smart one I'm the sporty one I'm the you know choose your spice girl and essentially wow. yeah, like that <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that quickly went from fascinating science to <laughs> to to my chair creaking. <laughs> okay. Another thing about removing, uh, I was thinking about the other day about removing like the difficulties and making life so easy uh, is um, men and women not needing each other anymore, uh-huh. or how the the changes in you know, traditionally female, male roles as they each become sort of more independent and uh, less, less traditionally female or less traditionally male, like kind of more androgynous in a lot of ways. So you feel that this is leading to that? Is to, to I think we were already like kind of feeling part of it, mm-hmm. like the, a shift in the role of the sexes and stuff too, because... You know, like a woman doesn't need a man to defend her from bears anymore. Because there's no or bears. Because like there's no bears. Like, you know, like there's no, there's no like cougars going down the street. There are, stuff. but they're not the, <laughs> the original. Different type of cougar. <laughs> they're yeah. not the original cougars. We yeah. love you, cougars. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a man doesn't need, a, you know, a woman to be at home after he gets back from hunting in order to cook for him or clean or whatever yeah you know, these traditional roles are kind of going away and yeah it's cool. all being flipped on its head you're right yeah but that just because everything is kind of easy now we don't really need to team up that we don't need to people still choose to okay so here's an interesting thing uh that i want to propose so we talked about how humans are trying to imitate film right and trying to imitate movies yeah. and trying to imitate tv i also think that the the obviously like the converse is happening as well right and but that's a little bit more of a natural process films and tv have always been a bit of a reflection if not necessarily of what was going on in our time then certainly what we were thinking about our fantasies our fears our concerns our hopes in the way that history books have been responsible for recording our history and facts and dates i feel like films have inadvertently uh, and sometimes purposefully, recorded our feelings and our musings, right? right. And our fears. <laughs> and to respond to what you're saying, this lack of what you said, uh, we have no natural predators, right? Mm. It feels like a lot of the programs now that we watch, a lot of the things that, that are exciting are kind of visceral in that sense. They're bringing back that old school survival idea. Peril. Yeah, peril. Putting people back into peril. Because yeah. we're like we're we have like a, a deficiency, like we're feeling the burn of not having been really threatened in a really long time as as a species. Mm-hmm. It's safe but monotonous. Right, and roller coasters are not enough anymore, and video games are not enough. For, so like, what are the top shows? Right, like your favorite, one of your favorite shows, right? Um, Walking Dead. Walking Dead, yeah. I know that originally Romero who was the zombie originator, George Romero. Yeah. If I remember correctly, and you may correct me on this because you are the foremost zombie expert in my life. Oh, I don't know about that. <clears throat> you are the zombie man, as far as I know. Um, he, he conceived zombies as a pastiche or as a, as a as a metaphor for, like, brainless consumerism, right? Yeah. That I think that was the original idea. I think so, yeah. He wanted to sort of speak out on what he saw happening in his generation mm-hmm. but now they've kind of transformed haven't they i think so yeah so what are are they now like that that uh, ephemeral or that like fantasy predator that not we wish we had but 
clearly it's excited some human animal thing in us, right? This idea of being hunted or having some sort of uh, zombie apocalypse. This overwhelming threat. I mean, uh, if you have a, a predator, it's like one cougar in the in the forest as opposed to like the entire world billions of people have been transformed into predators and Mm -hmm. you're outnumbered like why is that a million to one why does that excite people i don't know it's just uh the ultimate hopelessness of it i suppose but then also just like insurmountable odds and what that does to the human spirit uh like how how people behave under in those conditions because if you consider that, like, there's billions of zombies on the planet, like, there's no escape. Like, there's no, there's no happy ending possible. Maybe, I think that's, that's possibly one of the, one of the big appeals. You think it appeals to people that there's no possible happy ending? As a, as a story, just as a, a change in the, in the narrative of some of the story, stories that we're used to seeing, is it was always kind of, though the happy ending was a staple of that, right? Okay. Like it was, there was, there was always a way for it to to turn out okay, and usually did. But I think in in recent years, people have favored more of like, the grim. Re, yeah, grim outcome, <laughs> or at least like a, a a shift from that as right. as being Even perhaps Superman more realistic. Is, Superman is sad now, right? Yeah, Superman, the Man of Steel, is like dark, a lot darker, like. Our, our storylines in general, and maybe you can comment on this more than I can, is overall, I think films have taken a much darker turn in the last, say, decade. Yeah, it's definitely a trend. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. I mean, so, I mean, that's interesting. I never heard that somebody proposed that the, the apocalypse, like the, the end of the world scenario, might appeal to people or um, because it's it flies in the face of 20, 30, 40 years of TV and television giving you like the sugary Pleasantville bullshit. Mm-hmm. And they ended up happily ever after. And I don't know. And they're like, no, life is terrible. And people are connecting with that idea. Like, I never thought about it that way. That's interesting. Well, it says something interesting about the human spirit, I suppose, of to, to try to continue living even when there's no point. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no, there's no possible way it could turn out okay. But you might be able to live till tomorrow, right? Is that is is that worth it? Is it worth it to stay alive while while suffering rather than give up the ghost, right? You know, and what what once all hope is lost, like how how do does that bring the like does that bring out the best or the worst in characters? And oftentimes you have both within those storylines, right? You have champions and you have monsters. Yeah. I think that was one of the... Th- I mean, I stopped watching Walking Dead after a while because the, the hopelessness of it was precisely what started to get to me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, where I knew that... It was like watching Sopranos and Game of Thrones where I just got the sense that I'm just waiting to see people die eventually. Yeah. Right? The characters that you like. Yeah. And even those that I don't like. But then <laughs> that won't really give... But even that even won't be pleasant. Like, Andrea... The most hated character possibly mm. on that show. Yeah. When I when I sort of heard that she finally bought it, and then like I watched up to that point where she where she she bought it, I didn't get any satisfaction off of it. No. Because of the damage had been done already, <laughs> I'd had to endure her for the last I don't know four seasons or whatever it is it was. Right. But 
um, if in fact this is true that it doesn't the hopelessness of it has some sort of strange appeal to us it seems like it's also awakening something in people uh, I look at the uh, popularity of zombie culture and especially zombie geekery mm-hmm. and you'll go on something like Pinterest or on um, you know any sort of uh, website now and you can find these survival guides right right written straight straight faced right <laughs> like uh not not in like any what to do in case of a zombie uh, apocalypse yeah and it's not like a wink wink nyuk nyuk kind of book right it's mm-hmm. a straight up it's written with the same approach and seriousness as if this were an actual possibility and threat there are people actually preparing for zombie apocalypses um there but is if you prepare if you prepare for a zombie apocalypse you're going to be pretty much prepared for just apop- apocalypses in Period. general, right? <laughs> and if an apocalypse does happen, uh, a lot of those things would probably come in handy. Right. And the people who are going to be out on the street riding and whatever, they may as well be the Walking Dead. W- would they? Well, they'd probably, you know, kill you and your kids for a bottle of water. Maybe. I if, mean, certainly... At that point, if, we're, if we degrade to... <clears throat> Well, there's a famous that line point. about like we're all just a couple of meals away from from murdering each other or something yeah. like that, which I certainly believe in, and it's a terrifying prospect. But maybe um, that's what TV and movies are trying to prepare us for. You think so? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think it, the argument a, could be made. It could definitely, and be that made. that could be why uh, people it appeals to people so much is because in the back of their mind they know that the party is going to end at some point. Right. And maybe it's not going to be zombies, but it's going to be something. And it's probably going to be closer to The Walking Dead than it is to you your, actually, your day-to-day life right now. You actually believe that something like that's coming? Like the big hurt? The big, the big collapse? Uh, I, I, w- I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't discount it entirely. Yeah. I mean, we're already starting to see kind of resource wars. Yeah. But hasn't that always been, hasn't that always been the case? Not not to this degree. Okay. Well, clearly, I mean, right now it's it's oil. Yeah. Uh, but it won't be long before it's water. Yeah, the water thing is definitely that's that's one I I, I I'm with you on that one, right? Yeah. The water thing is definitely something that I see as becoming a problem. All I've seen is a bunch of low foreheads who think they can change the world with dreams and talk. It's too late for that. If you're not ready to act, give me a break and shut up. <laughs> 